Final Purim, Alive and Free, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. By assimilation and annihilation, the enemy attempts to destroy God's people physically and spiritually. In 163 BC, God demonstrated his willingness to intervene when his people chose to no longer be assimilated by the world. The celebration of this intervention is called Hanukkah. There are likewise those today that have chosen to not be a part of the systems of man, ones that also realized they could not change things on their own and admitted man could not live apart from God successfully. These cried out to be set free of the world, free of the evil spirits that operate through its systems, and most importantly, free of its prince. As this cry went forth on June 8, 2011, across the earth, once again God intervened and things began to change. God brought to light why man is like he is today and why the world is in the condition it is in. As his knowledge began to flow, the spiritual eyes of mankind slowly opened and his plan for restoration, the new heaven and new earth, was revealed. A side note, you see when Adam and Eve fell from God's grace, their eyes of understanding were closed and they could now only comprehend the knowledge of the one they chose and see what he chose for them to see. Their physical eyes were open to a realm of evil and sin, apart from reality, an illusion, a temporal world created by the master prognosticator and not a part of God's kingdom at all. God's kingdom is real, solid, unshakable, rock-like, but clouded from the eyes of man, held captive by the enemy. Man became a prisoner, was corrupted, no longer immortal, and destined to die in this world. But things are changing. Since the blast set us free, and the response of June 8th to that blast around the world, so much has been revealed. Just look at the names of the previous blasts in the archives, and you will see God's intervention and response to his people's cries for help. Out of this cry, a whole new species of man arose, ones that would no longer be assimilated into man's systems or walk according to the world's knowledge. These are totally obedient to God and dedicated to walking out his plan of restoration for all of mankind. Spiritual virgins unattached to anyone or anything but their king. How does all this add up to Purim? What does the story of Esther have to do with today? Plenty. In Queen Vashti, we see the world's religious systems depicted. They can be beautiful, dressed in royal robes, but disobedient, rebellious, and self-reliant. Vashti didn't need the king's law or the king's wine. She had her own. When asked to step forth so all could see the king's wife, she had her own plans, her own agendas, and refused. She became a bad example for all, as has the world's religious community. 
we see this parallel in Esther, chapter 1, verse 9, and verses 11 through 12, and verses 15 through 16, and verse 19. Queen Vashti also made a feast for the women in the royal palace, which belonged to King Asherus. The king wanted her at his banquet. She was welcome to drink of his wine. To bring Queen Vashti before the king, wearing her royal crown, in order to show her beauty to the people and the officials, for she was beautiful to behold. She, like the world's religions today, looked wonderful on the outside, but inside was sin and debauchery. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command, brought by his eunuchs. Therefore the king was furious, and his anger burned within him. Rebellious. What shall we do to Queen Vashti, according to law, because she did not obey the command of King Asherus, brought to her by the eunuchs? And Mamukun answered before the king and the princes, Queen Vashti has not only wronged the king, but also all the princes and all the people who are in the provinces of King Asherus. If it pleases the king, let a royal decree go out from him, and let it be recorded in the laws of the Persians and the Medes, so that it will not be altered, that Vashti shall come no more before King Asherus, and let the king give her royal position to another, who is better than she. Vashti was not put to death, simply removed from her position in the king's kingdom and his grace. It is the same with the religious systems today, lawless, rebellious, holding out her wine to anyone that would drink. She, like Vashti, would be removed from the king's grace, but allowed to continue for people to choose which they would follow. We see her in Revelation, chapter 17, Verses 3 through 6. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Seven is the number of perfection, and ten completion. So these have perfect control and complete power over those subject to them. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, lovely to behold on the outside, but inside filthy and full of sins, having in her hand a golden cup, beautiful but deadly, full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. Her wine is therefore still the blood of the altered race. She refused her husband's wine, and on her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman, drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. She not only physically killed them, but let them die spiritually by not teaching them truth. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Religious leaders, taught by Babylon systems, have allowed the assimilation of God's people into the world's societies and pagan beliefs, 
and have even joined in killing those that wouldn't comply with their ways. Worse than that, however, they taught the lying doctrine of Satan, hiding the truth from them that would have them set free of the enemy. No longer in God's grace, Babylon turned to the kings of the earth, fornicated with them eventually, becoming the wife of the king of rebellion, the prince of this world. Happy to come forth for him, willing to drink his wine, Babylon grew, and her children now populate the earth. Pride, lust, and greed are bred into these ones. Some of her most well-known children founded the secret societies and mystery religions, etc., of the world. All are assimilated into the knowledge chosen by Eve, and without knowing it, are puppets of the one it originated with, and are entrenched in his kingdom. Esther, on the other hand, symbolizes the bride of Christ, the church glorious, predestined before the earth was formed, to come forth and replace Babylon. These chosen ones were born through the word to inherit the kingdom and promote righteousness, joy, restoration, and peace to those that turned from the old queen and are seeking the kingdom of God. Although God is never mentioned in the story of Esther, Mordecai, her uncle, demonstrates perfectly the function of the Holy Spirit in the lives of those that are a part of the body of Christ. At Mordecai's direction, knowledge was released, revealing the enemy's intent to destroy the queen and her people, to prosper those that were his, and assassinate all that would not bow their knee to, in that era, Haman. He was simply Satan's puppet of that day. In other words, Haman and all like him are possessed by the enemy, therefore directed by Satan and programmed to serve him. Haman, like all those united as Satan's body today, was instructed to gather the wealth and resources to control the world's systems and destroy God's people. You see, there are two groups of people that are not assimilated into the world's society. Both are quite separate. One is the house of Satan, his elite, his sacred seed, his family. The other is the house of God, his family, his children, the sacred seeds of the king of kings. Most in the world are not aware of either house, but yet their very survival depends on who is destroyed and who remains to continue the kingdom of their master. The household of the adversary rules and reigns from Babylon, their capital city. From there, all systems of man are controlled. The banking, education, religion, governments, and societies of the world all embrace her. The capital city of the king of kings is Sion. Good news. Within the house of the king, a plan is already being implemented to restore humanity. This plan will usher all that choose the Lord and his kingdom to a beautiful city offered to them as shelter by the bride of Christ, New Jerusalem. In this city, there is no more darkness, sin, sickness, pain, or death. So it is quite plain there are two kingdoms, two masters, two queens, 
two households, two cities, two different knowledges that give direction to the two different species of man, determining the ultimate outcome of humanity. The Prince of Evil and the King of Righteousness stand toe-to-toe through the human race to settle for all time who has the right to rule and decide the fate of creation. Satan claims supremacy because he crossed angels with humans, producing a race different in kind from God's original creation. Christ, the Word of God, the Son of God, stands firmly against Satan, or Lucifer, with those born through the Word, fathered by him, and therefore created by him, who created all things originally. The scarlet beast stands against the pure Lamb of God, each through the elect ones, the illuminated, the called, the chosen, the faithful, the best of both species of man. Who will win? Will the enemy's prideful claim in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 13 be fulfilled? For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will also sit on the mount of the congregation, or rule God's people through those he has chosen as leaders, on the farthest sides of the north. Are those Lucifer, or Satan, has given the earth's resources and wealth to really superior to the children of God? Satan's intent, as we see in Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 4 and 5, is to the place the earth's wealth and resources with those he can control. With your wisdom and your understanding, you have gained riches for yourself, speaking of Satan, and gathered gold and silver into your treasuries. Into his house and his city, understand, the hoarding and control of wealth originated through the knowledge taught by Satan. By your great wisdom and trade, you have increased your riches, and your heart is lifted up because of your riches. He is quite prideful of his accomplishments through his elect. But the king of kings says in Haggai chapter 2 verse 8, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. This difference in what Satan promotes and what God teaches results in the final battle. Satan stores wealth for control of the world and its systems. God's will is to distribute it evenly for the welfare of all. Revelation chapter 17, verses 13 and 14 prophesies the results of the battle, if we can believe God. These are of one mind, Satan's household, and they will give their power and authority to the beast, Satan through the governments of man. These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. So his elect are victorious through him. As we read on, we see the predestined fate of the two cities also. Revelation chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. 
And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. Remember, she refused to obey the king and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Even her sacrifices were not acceptable. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. God warns those caught up in Babylon to leave. Render to her just as she rendered to you, and repay her double, according to her works. In the cup which she has mixed, mix double for her. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure, give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen, I am no widow. Satan is alive and powerful, and will not see sorrow. She has it all, riches, fame, and few restrictions. She is lawless, the bride of Satan, in direct opposition to the bride of Christ. Therefore, her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judges her. On the other hand, Revelation chapter 21 verses 2 through 5 reveals God's beautiful city to us. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Her standards, her principles, and laws are set by God and the people reborn through him. Prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband, like Esther, made perfect for her king. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them, and be their God. No need when the Lord is in control. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. No poor, even distribution of the earth's resources. They were meant for all mankind. No corruption or any sick among us. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. He has already started with the new species born through him. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. We see this beautiful city again in Revelation chapter 21, verses 9 through 11, and verses 22 through 27. Then one of the seven angels, who had the seven bowls, filled with the seven last plagues, came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, Mount Sion, home of his government, 
and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. He is the Word, the knowledge of God. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, in God's knowledge. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. All surplus will be brought to God's storehouses where His name is, not Satan's, for distribution to those in need. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall be by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. New Jerusalem rises as Babylon falls. Remember, we remarked that much of the world is unaware that this battle rages. So it was in the time of Esther. The king had to give permission for her to warn the people so they could band together and fight Haman and his forces. They were victorious as they had the backing of the king. Thus the celebration of Purim. So what is being said and done today is much the same. Again, There is a warning backed this time by the King of Kings. Wake up, citizens of the earth. The dark side of the supernatural means to level you into one class of people. Slaves. This is to be accomplished through the ones he has successfully stored the wealth of the planet with, thus giving them the authority, power, and control over everything of this world. The world we live in, unfortunately, is Satan's realm. He is its prince its ruler, its mentor. You can choose to be lethargic, unbelieving, uncaring, and remain in that state and in his clutches, or make the decision to not remain a part of it at all. You can renounce the world's prince, leave Satan's city, choose to ignore his counsel and knowledge, and seek the light of God's knowledge Run to New Jerusalem by craving her in your mind. Meditate on God's promises. Read the word and hide under kingdom law for your freedom, for his word is law. Seek the kingdom of the Lord of lords and the company of his people. Come to the holy mountain of God to be restored, renewed by Sion, home of his government. Leave this world by breaking all soul ties to Satan, his people, his world, and die into Christ's death and water baptism, and resurrect to be a new creature through his resurrection, making you a citizen of New Jerusalem in his kingdom. Forget your old mentor, study scripture, expose your mind to the knowledge of God, released for this time, and let your mind be born again through the word. After these changes, enter his covenant eat of his flesh, drink of his blood, that you can be renewed totally, physically and spiritually, to the image of God, to be a part of the bride of Christ, 
acceptable to the king. Drink of his wine, let his blood flow through your veins, instead of that of angels. John chapter 6 verse 53 says, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. In closing, it is as if Satan bet God that in time he could lure humanity, in fact all creation away from him, and make them bow to him. Through mankind, he would create a world suited to him with himself as its ruler. The final toss of the spiritual lot would then in his opinion be determined which one really should be God. As Haman meant to hang Mordecai on the gallows and kill all related to him, so Satan intended to use creation as the gallows on which he would hang the destiny of God. As we look around the world, it almost gives the illusion that Satan has won. But up rose God's star. Today's Esther, his myrtle tree, his bride, his queen, the born-again new species, virgins who refuse to be assimilated into Satan's plan. God wins the toss. So come on, humanity. Let us all become a part of the new species of mankind and be a part of God's victory over Satan. Let us be the ones left standing alive and free at final Purim.